Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. We hope you enjoy the message. You know, every, every gathering of worship has a different personality. Always does. Hear that? That's God's voice of approval <laughs> over you. Somebody said, you better hurry in this last service. Heard there's a tornado watch. Said, I might need to change my sermon to anybody need to get saved. Like now would be a really good time. <laughs> really quick. Really quick. <clears throat> But thank you, thank you for coming to the twelve thirty service, and uh, and and uh, raise your right hand. I want to. This is safe. I want to commission you to something. Now go ahead. This is safe. I said, I now commission you to be the evangelist for the twelve thirty service, <laughs> because uh, all of a sudden we're still in trouble. We had a lot of people. <laughs> still, we needed your seats. So thank you for coming. And uh, but yeah. Uh, Thank you for experimenting with this and seeing how it works for you. Uh, I'd encourage you to, on an ongoing basis, invite people to come with you. And um, thanks. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, 32 years ago uh, today, we were just now finishing up the first ever public worship service of Dogwood Church. We then called it Brayland Baptist Church. Somebody said, are you at a different church? Nope. Different name, same church, same old guy's the pastor, you know, same deal. But uh, two of the ladies who really made this thing happen were in the service. My wife, Allison, just slipped out. She was the kind of the co-planter of our church and uh, started many of the ministries. The other lady who did the most work on it is Patty Reynolds. She's sitting right here, still here. You look just like you did 32 years ago. Yeah, doesn't she, Alan? Yeah, and her husband, Alan, they were in the core group. How many of you are in the original core group? We got anybody else in this? We got them, we got them, we got them all over here. You are now looking at the most flexible people who God ever made. (laughs) And uh, they have seen more change over the last 32 years uh, than most people do uh, in uh, two lifetimes. And thank you both. Thank you all. Uh, So it's an exciting... uh, Exciting time. Well, you know, we're uh, a life that wins is the theme we're coming back to across these seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks. We'll see when we get finished with uh, with this. And a life that wins, I just want to remind you, uh, comes after we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He does not wait for us. He does not come to us and say, "Now I want you to get your life all cleaned up." Here's what I want you to do. Then I'm going to come back in a few years and see if you've done it right. If so, I will forgive your sin and receive you. He doesn't do that. He comes to us as as the great hymn that Dr. Billy Graham always had sung at the end of his uh, services around the world, just as I am without one plea. Uh, He comes to us just as we are in our sinfulness, in our shame, and in, uh, in, in all of our baggage and, and mixed up motives and out of his love for us, we, he, we owe, he, he owes us nothing. He says, even when we're still shaking our fist in his face, he died on the cross for us, made a way for us. And, uh, and then once we come to him and, and, and uh, are accepted by him and receive him, then he says, now let me teach you and enable you to live the right way. And so 
keep that in mind as we come to what we call the Ten Commandments. Uh, the, the, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament Scriptures actually call them the Ten Words, God's Ten Words. Uh, we come to them uh, not in order to get our life in shape so that Jesus will accept us, but in grace, after being saved, He gives us these for several reasons. They are our, they are our standard of behavior. I want to remember the nature. Our standard of behavior, our moral code. God has an objective moral code for all humanity. It's objective. It's not subjective. And He gives us that. He, they, he gives them to us as a safety net or a safety fence to keep us from harming ourselves. Live this way. Don't harm yourself. He gives them to us as a teacher to teach us about ourselves and our need for a Savior to help us realize, oops, we are, we are sinful people in need of a Savior. He calls it a teacher to guide us to a living Savior. And he also... Uh, the nature of these ten words, these ten commandments, are they are the foundation stones for the life that wins. The, the start, God's big words for a life that, that wins. But let's face it, we have a problem. We have a problem. Uh, it's hard to live a life that wins when you're weary. It's hard to live a life that wins when you're stressed out. It's hard to love God when you're stressed out. It's hard to love people when you're tired. It's hard to, to love yourself when you're out of gas. It's hard to, to do well in school or the vocation, the work that God's given you when you're exhausted, not just physically but mentally and even down into your soul. It's hard to enjoy your marriage and, and flourish in your marriage when you're drained. It's, uh, it's hard to stay healthy when you're worn down. It's hard to be content with what you have in life uh, when you're stressed out. We have a problem. What do we do about it? Well, as I thought about these things, I, uh, I, I, I realized we're coming to the fourth of God's ten words, the, t- the fourth commandment. Uh, we find in God's word that he tells us, here's the starting place. Here's what I want you to do about that in fact, and it's in uh, in your notes in your bulletin, and it's going to be on the screen. Uh, let's uh, let's be a good class and read these out loud together. How's that? Ready? Here we go. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female servant your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. This is God's word. And and in these words, in the historical setting, let's not forget where this was given, God, through his selected leader Moses thousands of years ago, gave these words to the ancient Israelites after he had delivered them miraculously by his grace and power out of 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. Um, and and he's, he's teaching them, gave them these words to show, help them know uh, who he is, how to rightly relate to him, and how to order their lives uh, so that their lives are, 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 are meaningful and full and that they become a, a people, that they become uh, a nation. 
and successful as a people. And so in this passage, in the fourth word, the fourth commandment, uh, God teaches us what could be called one of a few, one of his silver bullets for a life that wins is called Sabbath keeping. Sabbath keeping. Now, jot this down in your notes. The word Sabbath literally means stop. It means to stop. It means to cease. It means to uh, to turn off. Uh, and the Sabbath, uh, again, as we look in the in the the Old Testament in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week, commanded and instituted by God to be set apart to cease from our regular and essential daily work and to intentionally worship God, uh, celebrate our relationship with Him, rest and be renewed. Now, down through history, Christians have, have disagreed over how exactly what God meant by the Sabbath, what day it is, how to go about it, and that kind of thing. Those are secondary issues. And I'm not going to deal with any of those secondary issues. I want to deal with the big main point of the Sabbath as interpreted by the Lord Jesus himself in the Gospels. And uh, so we're not going to get into, is it Saturday, is it Sunday? You know, and and we really messed people up years ago when we began to worship on both Saturday and Sunday. So there you go. Figure that out. But, uh, but, but I want to get to the big point of why God gave it. Now, we, we have uh, typically uh, made two big mistakes when it comes to Sabbath keeping. And uh, the first one is this. It's legalism. And that's where, you know, we, we uh, have a strict list of rules that we follow on the Sabbath or on the what day that we consider our Sabbath uh, day. Strict set of rules. Do this, don't do that. And... Um, that was the problem in the name of Jesus is they, they over-legalized it. Now, Jesus, in, you'll read through the Gospels, when he would have encounters and discussions about Sabbath keeping, he was trying to back them off from legalism. That typically is not our problem today. We tend to have the other problem and make the other mistake in that we ignore Sabbath keeping altogether. We really ignore it all together, not just those of us who are Christians, not just those of us who are in Dogwood Church, but uh, as, a, as a culture in the West, certainly in North America, we, we ignore it altogether and we suffer uh, from it. We are tired. I mean, as a people, let's just go outside of the, the Christian world, just to all people in our culture. We're tired, we're stressed, we're on edge, we're short with each other. Uh, we, we get on each other's last nerve because we, we're worn out. Uh, we can't have a civil conversation, certainly not in the media, certainly not on social media, certainly not among our leaders. But, I mean, you know, people getting out, you know, shooting each other and running each other over with road rage. Where do you think that comes from? Tired, stressed people who have ignored one of God's silver bullets for the life that wins. We are a tired people. Well, Here's the good news. You can have a life that wins by taking a God-designed day off every seven days. Jot that down. You can have a life that wins by taking a God-designed, not just a day off, but a God-designed day off. It's also a God-commanded day off. 
is commanded and designed and gifted to you and me every seven days. Now, some of you might be saying, well, pastor, I get all kinds of entertainment. I get all kinds of leisure, all kinds of recreation. We're at soccer games with the kids, and I play golf or tennis, and hey, we all live within just a few hours' drive of the happiest place in the world, don't we? You know, the varsity. No, uh, it, uh, Disney. How many of you have been to Disney World at least one time? You know, most of us, most of us. Let me ask you a question. When you were leaving there that day, walking across the parking lot at 9 o'clock in the evening with all those other people, did they look rested and renewed to you? <laughs> no, no, no. Now, we like our, I like my fun fixes, don't you? I mean, I'll, there's some things that are fun. You, you know you're going to be tired when you do them, but they're just fun. But yay. But leisure and recreation and entertainment are, are some of the, the, the top uh, enemies of what God describes as Sabbath rest, rest for our souls. And that's what I want to talk to you about uh, today. Someone, uh, some, one writer said this, Sabbath uh, rest, leisure and entertainment are to Sabbath rest what cotton candy is to real food. And, and keep that, that's pretty good com- uh, comparison there or contrast. So you may be asking, let's ask our big question we like to ask when we come to one of God's instructions. YBH, yes, but how? Yes, but how? Okay, God, how do I do this? What does this look like? What does a God-designed day off look like? How, what do I do? What do I not do? When do I, when do, I do it? Well, there's, there's much insight in God's Word to help us uh, with this thing. So I want to give you an acrostic. You can write out the letters on your note sheet there. Rest, R-E-S-T. Each one of those letters represents something from God's Word we're going to explain here. The first thing you do on a God-designed Sabbath rest day is R, rest. That's deep, wasn't it? That was deep. Rest. God modeled this for you and me at creation. He modeled this for you and me at creation. He took a day off at the end of the first week. Look at verse 11 of Exodus chapter 20. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Holy. Now, the word holy... We, when we think of holy, we think of righteous and pious and religious, and it's not, it's not less than that. But the word holy uh, has, has a broader scope. When it's used of, of uh, anything, it means set apart for God's use. It means God owns. And so when we're to be holy, it, says, it means, among other things, we're to, we're to consider ourselves owned and operated by God Himself. We belong, we are created by God and for God. That means we're set apart. We're, for His purposes, we are holy. It also, and, and, but when God is described as holy, He can't be saying, well, He's set apart for His own purposes. No, that's not what it means. When God is described as holy, it means He is radically different. Uh, the, the theologian, what's, Robert, what's the, the great theologians call him the holy other? Complete, he's, he's, it means he's other than you. He's, other than, he's, he's so much above and beyond and big and magnificent that, that he is a com, he's completely different from us. The whole, he's other than us. So when he declared our Sabbath day to be holy, it meant not only that it was for his purposes, but also that it's 
radically different. It's other than the other six days of our week. It, it's different. It, it's, it's wonderfully different. Uh, we are to rest. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 127 verse 2. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Rest. And um, a national survey conducted by Inc. Magazine found that 62% of, of adult Americans are saying, I have burned out or I'm on my way. Uh, that that means the old axiom that some some writer wrote years ago must ring true. He said, "He who burneth his candle at both ends is not as bright as he thinks he is. <laughs> not as bright as he thinks he is." Now, I have noticed that every iron, clothes iron that my wife Allison has had is electric. But I can remember being at my great grandmother's house as a little as a little boy when she had iron irons, <laughs> and they sat on top of the on, on top of her wood stove, or she actually had them in the fireplace there. You might even remember those. And, and so, thus, that generation talked about having irons in the fire. Now we've we've got the old adage. You know, people say, I've got too many irons in the fire. Well, what this seems to imply is that you can have so many irons in the fire that you put out your fire. You burn out. And uh, we, we are experiencing that. Now, I'm, I'm always recommending to you that as part of your Bible intake, that as a habit, that you are systematically and continuously reading through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four different historical accounts of the, the life, the person, and the work of our Lord Jesus. Now, one of the thing, ways we learn of Him is we observe and reflect on what He did because He was given that we may, as an example that we may follow in His steps, the Scriptures say. And so we find that Jesus gave us a pattern to follow when it comes to this issue. He would achieve and then He would rest. He would achieve, and then he would rest. He would achieve, and then he would uh, rest. You know, resistance to physical rest is a is always been a sign of immaturity. We wear it as a merit badge in our or a badge of honor in our culture, but it's a it's a sign of immaturity. It's a sign of insecurity. I mean, here for example, in your home, it's only the infants, it's only the little children who fight going to sleep who resist taking a nap. Ask me if you... I can't imagine me at this point in my life ever resisting a nap. <laughs> Can you? Can you? I mean, would you... Fa- no, 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 no. I'm, I don't want to go to bed. I mean, right now, I'd like to leave y'all and go home and go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, right now, that'd be great. You know, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Right, John? It is. We, that's a motto on our... I'm telling you. I'm telling you it is. And so on your, on your Sabbath day, what do you do? Rest your body. Take a nap. Take a nap. Don't, and why would you... It, I see Melanie over there. She, she and Mac have always amen to me on this one. Take a nap. Uh, you have verses now. <laughs> you say, I got to go obey God. I got to go to sleep. You know, so I mean, but so in your God-designed day off, plan time, plan time to take a nap, rest your body. Now, there's more than just physical rest. There's physical rest. There's spiritual rest. There is emotional rest. 
You know, some of us we're, we're in, some of us are really in tough emotional seasons of our life and in emotionally intensive relationships or responsibilities and. You know what, all of us, we have a, a big church staff here. All the men and women on, on our staff, they work in an emotionally intensive job. And they got to, you got, y'all, y'all know, y'all got to turn away, get away from it. You need some emotional rest. You need social rest. And what I mean by that, you need relational rest, rest from people. Everyone does. Now, we have two groups of people in here, introverts and extroverts. How many extroverts we got in here? Now, see, they raise their hands really quick. Yeah. Now, we, we tend to get our energy from people. And so on our God-designed day off, we may need to fast from our dependency of being with other people and instead be with God. How many introverts we got in here? It, that's funny. That kind of, kind of. <laughs> I wish you could see what I saw when it, the difference. Extroverts. <laughs> Pretty fun. Now, you, you love and enjoy people as much as the extroverts do, except, but they, you don't get your energy from being with people. You get your energy from solitude and being alone. God made you that way. Yay. It's good. It's good. So on your day, give yourself permission to be with no people. If I, you know, so I got all these little kids. That's really tough when you got young children in the home. And so, you know, you, you and your spouse can kind of figure a way to hand, do a handoff and, you know, get an extra hour alone and just go. And it's hard. But at each stage of life, you, you, pl- you say, oh, I need this. I need to figure this out. I need to figure out how to do this. But you rest. So on, on a God-designed day off every seven days, you rest. Number two, or letter E, you embrace. Now, so embrace, what is that? What I mean by embrace is this, that we intentionally embrace the things that matter in our life with God. The things that God says matters in life. We pursue them. We go after them. We're intentional. We're not passive about these things. For example, we embrace God in worship. We embrace God in worship. This is the most important. Schedule some time to worship God and energize your soul. The scriptures say it this way in Psalm 95 verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. In Exodus 31 verse 15, God's word says, Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day there must be a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Now, it is holy. It's different, but it's also holy to the Lord. He's involved with you in your God-designed day off. Now, for most of you, uh, Sunday is a good day to practice Sabbath rest, and you can come to a corporate worship experience like this. Corporate worship. And, um, but not me, me and our staff, this is not our, my Sabbath day. I think it ironic, Jill, that I'm preaching on the fourth commandment on the day that we add the third service, <laughs> you know, and all our staff is saying, yeah, that's real. That's good. That's good. You're yes. Yeah, no, but we, all of our, all of our ministries, our motto is we work weekends. It's one of our many mottos. And, um, so we get our Sabbath day on another day on another day. And so, so but in those days, I still set aside time to be alone and worship the Lord. Sometimes it's on a prayer walk. Usually it's on either in my chair 
at home or on my deck in pretty weather if we ever get that again. And uh, uh, just a slow, unhurried, unrushed time to pray and reflect and read the scriptures and, and honor God in worship. We embrace Him in worship because when we do that, especially when we come to church, when, it's, when Sunday is a good day, for your Sabbath day, when we worship Him and draw near to Him by praying prayers to Him, by singing the great songs of the faith uh, to Him in, in praise, by hearing and studying and reading and meditating and reflecting upon and applying God's Word to our life, by remembering His body that was shed for us, uh, broken for us, and His blood that was shed for us, by observing the Lord's Supper when we uh, when we celebrate Him and testify to Him by uh, baptism and or celebrate those who are being baptized, when we give offerings to Him, when we resubmit ourselves to Him as living sacrifices, which is what we do when we gather in corporate worship, all these things, then He does some things to us. He, here's just a few things from the Scriptures. He says, He does in you and in me. He forgives us. He cleanses us. He washes us. He strengthens us in our inner being by His Holy Spirit. He loves us. He upholds us with His righteous right hand. He lifts our countenance and our spirits. He heals us. He counsels us. He guides us. He directs us. He reveals Himself to us and His will for us. He grows us and conforms us into the image of His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He transforms our hearts, our inner being. He creates in us clean hearts and renews right spirits within us. He renews us. He refreshes us. He revitalizes us. Uh, the, the psalmist said it this way in Psalm 23, He restores my soul. <sighs> Yes. Give us some of that. Give us some of that. So come to church on your day, your God-designed day off. We embrace God in worship. We also embrace the, um, the beliefs of the Christian community and the kingdom of God. You know, we, 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 re, we, we remember and reaffirm the truths of God, the beliefs and the convictions that give our lives direction and meaning and purpose. We because we tend to forget God every seven days. That's why he said every seven days, remember me. Take time off to remember me. Um, and he helps us remember the truths and the convictions that bring meaning and purpose to our lives that he's taught us uh, from his word. We embrace giving instead of receiving. We embrace God's calling on our lives again. We embrace God's peace. So embrace God in worship. Embrace the beliefs and convictions uh, of God is revealed in, in our faith. And then embrace the joy. Embrace the joy. Uh, here's what I mean by that. Your, your God-designed day off is also designed to be fun. I mean, to, to do, do something that you just like to do that refreshes you. Uh, there are some things, probably some hobbies that... Uh, that you have and some people that you know that when you're with those people or you get to do those hobbies, it just renews you, it refreshes you, it, 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 it regenerates you. Well, do those, do those things. I mean, the Sabbath day is a feast day. Uh, music, beauty, art, good food, parties with friends and family members. I mean, play with your kids and talk to your wife or talk to your kids and 
play with your wife. I don't know. You know, figure that, figure that out. That's pretty inspiring. Um, first Timothy and say, look at this first Timothy chapter six, verse 17. Read this with me. Here we go. God generously gives us everything for our enjoyment. Enjoy yourself and thank God. Thank God uh, for that day. So you can have a life that wins, and that includes taking a God-designed day off every seven days, and that means that we rest, that we embrace God, the things of God, uh, and uh, His will and ways. And the letter S stands for this. We also stop. We've already mentioned this. We we stop. Remember the word Sabbath means to cease or to turn off or to stop. Well, what do we stop, Pastor? Well, here's a few things. First of all, you stop working. I don't just mean your paying job. I mean stop working. Chores at home. I mean, just figure out a way not to do just figure out a way not to do them. If you can get ready ahead of time or put them off till tomorrow. I mean, some things, sometimes there's just stuff that has to be done, but let those be surprises, not planned things. Stop working. If you look in verse 10, the Lord said, The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. Now, I studied the Hebrew on that. And way down in the Hebrew, if you keep peeling back the layers, it means this. You must not do any work. <laughs> don't, don't work. You, and you, so you got verses now. No, I, I, no, I, and you got verses now. Nope. And and here's and here's why we have to do this, because in our culture we tend to be addicted to even have an adrenal addiction to productivity and accomplishment. Everything about our culture push awards that. I mean, we we have we've generated an, a whole industry of productivity books and apps for all of your equipment. Oh. Lord, deliver us. I mean, my, uh, uh, I like to watch the kids' shows with my grandkids. And my, uh, both my granddaughter and my grandson both like Thomas and his Thomas and Friends. How many of you know who Thomas and Friends are? Most of you. Thomas and his friends. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Thomas and his friends. Thomas is a little train engine. Lives on the island of, uh, of Sodor. I guess if you can say a train lives. But that's where he operates. And uh, he has a boss. His boss is Mr. Topham Hat. And uh, it's a fun show. I love this show. I'm not being critical of it, but just notice. Uh, the only time that Thomas or his friends are, are affirmed by Mr. Topham Hat, the boss, he says this. Thomas, that was a good job. You are a... Anybody know what he says? Useful engine. You're only valuable if you're useful. I hate that my kids are hearing that. That you're only va- that's what they're hearing. You're 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 use if you're 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 valuable if you're useful. If you're not useful, and see our culture outside of Christ has that. You're only valuable if you're useful. That's why we're getting moving toward euthanasia. That's why we're willing to do infanticide. Well, this baby's not useful to me. We're gonna we're gonna let him die. Say so really, yeah. It's our, our, the culture outside of the kingdom of God worldview is you're only valuable if you're useful. Now, 
Those are two big issues, ethical issues for another time. Sabbath rest breaks us from the, our addiction to thinking, I am only valuable if I'm getting something done. God says, no, 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 you're valuable just because I love you. And we need a day to remind us of that. Also that other people are valuable because they're made in God's image, whether we like them or not, and whether they like us or not. So uh, on your God-designed day off, stop. You break free from our addiction to accomplishment of getting something done. Now, usually in a marriage, one partner has an easier time with this than the other. So y'all be patient with one another. Boy, I got quiet <laughs> on that. So we break free. What else do you do? Stop. Stop worrying. Uh, stop trying to be God. And what I mean by that is this. When you stop, when, I, when we cease striving to control everything for a day, we're saying, you are God and I'm not. I'm going to trust you to run the universe while I just sit on my hands. And let it go. Um, it, that's hard. But this, this is a spiritual training. Sabbath trains us that we can let go of things and let God handle the stuff that only He can, can handle. And then stop confront, conforming to the culture. You see, Sabbath keeping, a God-designed day off, is countercultural. It is wildly countercultural. Our culture uh, makes heroes only of those who do not keep the Sabbath and who do not remember God. Sabbath keeping helps us no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, as Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 tells us. It's one way that we do not let the culture press us into its mold. For in every culture, in every setting down through history, doesn't matter who you are or where you have lived, there, the culture largely without you knowing it and always without your permission is forming you and it is very powerful and it is forming you in, in a way that is not in alignment with the way of the Lord Jesus and his will and and this addiction and push and drive to never stop is part of that when we practice sabbath keeping we are practicing a powerful spiritual uh, habit that God uses to help us no longer let the culture press us into its mold. It's countercultural. So you stop that. So we rest, we embrace the things of God, His will and His ways, we stop, and then the letter T stands for think. We think. On your God designed day off, take some time to reflect. This is what God did. He modeled it for us in Genesis chapter 1. And take a look at this. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. So God did three things he, when he rested from his work. He looked back on all his work. He enjoyed its completed appearance. And then he reflected on its meaning. Now, he gives us a pattern there. So 
what do you do on your, your day off? Spend some time, take some time, and I recommend that you do it in silence and solitude. Get, get alone and get quiet. But take your journal, take your calendar, um, take your Bible, get alone with God, and then you say, okay, Lord, I want to think about the past. Look back on your past six days. And ask yourself questions uh, like this really quick. Uh, what did I give my life to over the past week? What, uh, what happened to me? What did it mean? Where did I see God at work in my life? How did, I, how did it make me feel? Um, what did I learn? Where did I fail? Where did I succeed? And you, pre- you, you, ask, you ask God to press meaning into what you have seen and experienced over the past week. You thank the Lord for it and you ask God to redeem it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Lord, would you redeem this for your glory and your purposes and for my good? And he will. Also, take some time to, do, to reflect on your present, your present relationship with God. How is it? Is it healthy? Uh, your present relationship with uh, people in your life. And then uh, your, your own view of yourself. Because, you know, we're to love God completely. We're to love others compassionately. We're to love ourselves correctly. Lord, how am I doing on that? And then you take some time to look forward to the, the week that's coming. Get out your calendar uh, and calendar your God-guided priorities in light of this walking with Him and, and, and serving Him and His purposes. Lord, how would you prioritize my week? What are the important th- What Can I get the big rocks in first, as the old saying goes? What's important? Capture your responsibilities on a to-do list. Lord, what... What do you want me to get done? What's important to be get done this week? Again, in every realm of your life, do that. Ask the Lord to uh, order your next seven days and get it in view. You're, you're presenting yourself to... It's a practical way of submitting yourself unto the Lord as a living sacrifice. I'm presenting my next seven days to you, Lord. How, I, I, how do you want me to use them? And because, uh, you know, the scriptures say that a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so we, we, you're planning, Lord, I'm, I'm, ask, I'm planning and you, you direct my, my uh, steps. And then prayer, pray it and commit it all to the Lord and then go into the week assuming that he's doing what you've asked him to do. That's called living by faith. Living by faith. Now, can you imagine doing this uh, over the next couple of weeks and then the next couple of months and the next couple of years? in the next couple of decades, that's a great way to live with God. A God-designed day off every seven days, including resting and embracing the right things and stopping and, and, and thinking and uh, letting God do His work in your soul and in your, in your life. God created the Sabbath. He commanded the Sabbath. But he also, Jesus said, gave it as a gift. Now, it's interesting. As we're starting our journey through the ten words, last week we lumped the first three together and called it take God seriously. First found it, take God seriously. The very next thing he says is take a day off. Take me seriously and take a day off. That's a darn good start to a life that wins. Every seven days. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 11. 28 and 29, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. Now, guys, life is hard, 
But walking with Jesus is not. We live in a fallen world. This is not perfect yet. God's still in the process of redeeming the world. Life is hard. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of hard times. And we're going to experience some of those. But being rightly related to Jesus and walking with Him and enjoying Him in fullness of life in the midst of all that, that's not hard. Jesus rightly understood and rightly followed. He said, that will, you will feel like my relationship with you will be uh, easy and light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And Sabbath rest helps us with that. So pray with me. Let's pray. Let's pray. Now, some, most of you here are probably followers of Jesus already, but you may be like me and have to periodically come back and say, Oh, yes, Lord, I forgot this. I have forgotten this rhythm of, of Sabbath keeping. And so I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And now I commit to, to make this habit not only obedience to you, but a part of my practice. I commit to obey you. Now I pray that you'd help me make the adjustments necessary to live out this obedience. Because you'll probably have to make some adjustments to get this in place. So you do that. Others of you may have never come to faith in Christ. So what must I do, Pastor? What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be right with God, have peace with God? Well, first thing you do is repent of your sin. That means you change your mind about your own self-righteousness. You're not righteous in yourself. You need outside help. And, it, and tell the Lord that you've been living a life of rejection and rebellion, living an independent life. Well, turn from that. Tell Him. And then believe in Jesus. Put your active trust in Him, the one who died on the cross to atone for your sin and rose from the dead proving that He could do it, is alive today. You say, Lord, would you apply to me personally what you accomplished when you died on the cross and rose from the dead? Help me. Help me. I give myself to you. Come into my heart and life as my Savior and forgive me. And come into my life as my Lord and my God and take control of me. To the best of my understanding, I give control of my life and my eternity into your hands. Lord, thank you for hearing these prayers. Thank you for making a way for us. Thank you that because you live, we can face not only today, but the days that are coming. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you would like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword DOGWOOD to 77977 or click the Give link online. You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video, and to give.